Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Another Sunday, another Maharangi Vineyard Church Live, Facebook Live. Hope you have had a great week. Week 14, I think. Is that what it is? Well, <clears throat> we've got some yeah. dates in, in set, I guess, or I think they're set. Who knows? But um, looks like we'll be able to get out and enjoy our holiday sometime outside of Auckland. So that's exciting. Um, this week, we are continuing on in our Advent antiphon series so just the, it's the, actually the last one to we actually go into advent so um i've just got the pronunciation properly in the, yeah, in the very last one on. <laughs> in the very last one but today we're actually looking at jesus and the hope that he brings as the um, key of david which is something we'll explain or i'll explain a little bit later on not something probably a lot of us have thought much about um we've got a couple of um, bible verses that james is going to start out by reading after after notices and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, welcome. Welcome to Maharang Even New Church Live. We're glad you're here. Yeah, so we have a few birthdays to celebrate this week. Um, John Oxford had his birthday, so happy birthday, John. Vicki Morrison-Shaw celebrated her birthday, as did Brent Simpson and Nanette Benwell. Oh, happy turned, I think well. Nanette turned the big 5-0. Well, sure. Does she want you to I say that? I don't know, so Nanette Sorry, Nanette. And there's also a few anniversaries that we want to celebrate. This one we missed last week. I don't know how I missed it, but we did because I saw it on Facebook and then I forgot. But Rod and Shona oh, happy celebrated 45 years on last Saturday, maybe, something like that. So happy anniversary to you guys. And celebrating their wedding anniversary today is Anna and Keegan, big one Yay. year, and Kerry and Renata. So happy, who are also their one year anniversary today. So happy anniversary to all of you guys. Um, we just wanted to let you know that we're going to change up the way we do this platform starting from next week as we head into summer. It's become very obvious to us and I'm sure to all of you that with the weather getting nicer, we're noticing that you tend to watch this at whatever time of day, um, not necessarily 10.30 live. So what we're going to start doing as of next Sunday is we will be posting the recording here probably around 8 or 8.30 in the morning. So you'll still find it here. Um, but it just means that, to be honest, we don't have to be here at 10.30 when it's a really beautiful day and you're all out in your boats. We get to not be out in a boat, but um, yeah, is that the best way to describe it? <laughs> no, no, it's selfless. <laughs> it is our selfless um, act of, yeah, of dedication totally. to all of you to be able to um, watch when, when, you're, um, when it's convenient or when you sit down as a family or fun out to watch it. Um, it'll be there from early in the morning. Yeah. So, and the other thing we'll let you know is the Advent packs are coming your way this week. Some of you have yours already. Uh, we did a little delivery run yesterday. We've still got some to go, but the rest of them are coming um, over the coming weeks. So keep an eye out for those. We really didn't intend for anyone to miss out. So if you don't have one by the end of the week, um, please let us know and we will fix that. So basically it's, if you're signed up for our weekly email, you will get, um, and, and you're in the Auckland area. I don't yeah, know if there's yeah. anyone else. But. You will get, yeah, I'm not driving to, Yeah. we can't. Oh, we could, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you do miss out, let us know, because that, that is not our heart at all. So, there, everything is in there to, for you to know how to do your own um, little Advent wreath at home. Those directions about how to make an Advent wreath, honestly, if you don't want to chuck it out the window and just, like last year at church, just shove a bunch of 
twigs and greenery in. I'm what? saying it doesn't sure. have to. I, I individually chose every one of those well, bits of branches in careful prayer and consideration. What are you talking about? That's because you're a gardener. Yeah. But for the non-gardening, <laughs> no. don't be freaked out by that very detail totally of how to make a wreath. It is as simple as yeah. a bit of greenery. Yeah, and, and really, to be honest, it just serves as a visual... Um, representation or a centering when you do those um, devotions at home which I'd love you to do um, with your family with your bubble with your household um, even invite someone in social distanced of course you know and, so and sort of go, not in but uh, to your outside area whatever um, and and do that with, with someone else mm. it would be fantastic but the wreath itself is just an op opportunity to create an area um, where then at, at each time that you light your candles, there's a focus, there's a place, um, there's lots of opportunity. Google it, you know, like, man, what did we ever do without Google? But there's so many different things that you can do um, with, with that wreath. And it is actually more than something that's just a beautiful table thing. It's just a, a place to come back to. And, and then also, bit of health and safety, please remember too, like with lighting candles and, and brown, brittle foliage, like maybe put the candles up a bit higher or separate them out. And please don't ever leave, leave your candles unattended as well. So that's my legal, the lawyers have told me to say that. So um, I just thought, wouldn't that be awful? Like, oh, yeah. Anyway, so so health and safety. Remember that. But but really, really excited to be able to do what I actually think. I mean, I totally miss being able to gather together. But there's something about each of us in our in our more intimate home settings, be able to lean into this thing of Advent, lean into the hope. Um, you know, if you've got children and young people in your in your bubble in your household, um, invite them into the process as well. Really, really looking forward to all that Jesus is going to do in and through us in this Advent season. Um, so really, Andrew's just going to start out by reading, like I said just a minute ago, um, the key of David. Maybe not something that we think too much about, but, but there's a couple of scriptures in, in the Bible that really refer to this, this thing of key of David. That I'm just going to get Andrew to read them now, and then we'll just have a bit of time to talk about those things. Yes, yeah, so I'm reading from the New Living Translation from Isaiah 22. And I'm reading verses 20 to 22. And then I will call my servant, I don't know how to say this, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, to replace you. I will dress him in your royal robes and will give him your title and your authority. And he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. And then the second reading is from Revelation, which I don't think Lynn is I was going to say, it's just a very, um, is auspicious the right word, but I have never used a reference from Revelation. It's always been too scary. Um, but, you know, in any, in whatever, 10 plus however long it's 13 been, years. 13 years of preaching. So this is a very, very monumental day. <laughs> so this is Revelation 3, and I'm reading from verses 7 to 13. And again, it's the New Living Translation. It starts in verse 7. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. 
You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews, but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So this, this title of, of the key of David may, may be something that we've never really heard before or, or haven't really um, spent much time thinking about, and certainly in relationship to, to Jesus, as, as we see in this second um, reading in Revelation. And yet, yet there is so much hope in it when, when we do, like so often, you know, when you dig a little bit, um, scratch a little bit under the surface, um, there's just so much richness and hope in Scripture. And in this idea that Jesus holds the keys of David or the key of David, um, they are, I guess he is actually the key, the fact, the hope that comes from the fact that Jesus is the key. It's not just something he holds, it's who he is, is the key that, that will open or unlock or lock any and every door. There's so much hope in that. There's so much when we, when we think about um, just who Jesus is. That, that, you know, I love that, that verse 7 that says, um, what he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can, can open. You know, I've just spent so much time this week really thinking about that. Like genuinely, God, do I really believe that? Jesus, do I really believe that what you open, there's absolutely nothing in this world that can, can close it? And vice versa, what you close can, can, cannot be opened again. There's the hope, I guess, firstly, that Jesus' um, work, there is a finality, there's a completeness um, to to what Jesus has done, there's so um, that that nothing can be be undone. His grace, his love, his forgiveness cannot be thwarted. It cannot be overturned. It cannot be undone. The hope that we have, um, if our if our hope has its origins in Jesus, um, Jesus is is that completeness. Mm. I love the kind of. Scripture goes on to say, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, you know, like Jesus going back, um, it says he's gone back to his hometown. And, and, you know, and I think that that sense of hometown where everyone was quite familiar with Jesus, or at least they thought they were familiar with Jesus. He was the little boy. He, he lived down the road. He was the, the carpenter's son, and he grew up here, and we know who Jesus is. And, and I love that Scripture says back in his hometown, he, he goes into what we call church, the synagogue, or, and the temple courts, and he and he's handed he stands up and he's handed a scroll, which is just the normal kind of way of worship, and he reads this and he reads it out loud: "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom 
for the captive, for sight for the blind, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And, and really, it's just that hope that Jesus is saying, all of that and so much more, that's me. That's who I am. That's my work. That's what I'm about. It, we can use, I guess, the words of, of like what we're talking about is, is I've opened this door and no one's going to shut it. I, I'm opening this door and, and I'm going to walk through it and you can walk through it too. And, and, and really, that, that is what I'm about and that's what, what I'm still about. It was funny, I've been thinking lots about this, this freedom and, and a couple of, I don't know when it was, last week, time is, feels so crazy. But we were, we were going into Walkworth and, and a couple of cars ahead had, um, had that word freedom like sort of written on the back of it, across the whole back of the car, as well as quite a few other um, choice um, comments and statements. And, and I was kind of thinking about, oh, hasn't, hasn't freedom... And I don't mean to judge whoever they were or whatever, what, what they meant by that. But so often when we think about freedom, at least uh, to be honest, what I think about freedom is, is really um, the freedom to do what I want. <laughs> do you know, like, like the freedom to, to go where I want and to say what I want or, or, or sort of, yeah, it's about, it's about me. And, and yet that can't be what Jesus is talking about. That can't be what what him standing up in that and proclaiming that verse or the, excuse me that um making that bold statement about what he's about um can't be about us just getting what we want the key of david is and the freedom that comes with it is so much more mm. the holder of the keys of david i guess the hope in that is that we actually can be set free from what so often, and I know for myself totally, is so often are the very chains and the very prisons, the very shackles that I find myself in, often come from me just wanting to do life my own way, mm. um, do, do things the way I want. And, and, and really that the hope that we have in, the, in Jesus as being the key of David is that we can be set free from doing life our own way. We can be set free from, from us being the center of the world. Um, our great hope and the great hope, I guess, for our community and for our, for our nation is that we can remember that, that hope comes when we surrender our life, surrender our will, all of who we are, and put it into the hands of Jesus. And knowing that, knowing that he represents his will, his way, represents a, well, it more than represents, it is a perspective and a hope and a reality and a worldview that Jesus and his kingdom is something more than we see the world. I love it in the message. It puts it this way. And, and this is really Jesus' worldview, if you want to read that. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. 
You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. You know, this, this is the work, this is the character of God's kingdom. Um, the work and the character of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. I'd love to just sort of leave us with a couple of questions to consider, to think about um, as you go through the week, if you, wherever, whenever you're watching this is, um, what has Jesus unlocked in me or for me, for my whanau, for my family? What, what, has, what has the kingdom breaking into, into our lives or when, whenever and whenever, whenever and wherever that happens, um, what has the work of Jesus unlocked in, unlocked in, in me or in you, in us as a family that, that we're being invited to walk into? Um, what, what door has Jesus unlocked or opened in front of you and invited you to walk into? Um, that idea of, I love, I love how scripture is so um, aware of our humanity and, and, and particularly in, like in that verse in Revelation, in the verse 8, um, where Jesus is just, it's so encouraging. Like, I see what you've done. I, I see that you are, um, you are weak and you don't have a lot of strength. And, and then the encouragement is, now see what I can do. You know, like as we think about this work or, or being, being part of the work of the kingdom, is, is reminding ourselves it's not about us. It's not about where we are, how, how we feel. And so really, I want to invite you into Advent in Action. And so we are all... We are all. Share my oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So go. No, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't write it in there. That's why I forgot. Um, I was just going to share in that whole thing about you know God knowing something so deeply that God has opened or unlocked for you, and it's so many years ago now. It was probably our very first um, year of leading the church, and to be honest, it was quite traumatic. The whole transition in many ways, and I remember thinking many times what have we done but this particular day we were sitting in a meeting and there was a lot of people there and there was a lot of um would contention be the word I don't know maybe, maybe. it wasn't a nice meeting it wasn't, well it wasn't yeah, for yeah. a nice meeting for us it <laughs> might have been fine for everyone else but it wasn't for us anyway I remember sitting there and I closed my eyes I was like god I cannot do this I can't do it you we are the wrong people for the job and I remember closing my eyes and as best I can describe it, the way I see Jesus, I saw him look right at me and wink and just say, I've got you. And for me, even now, in the decisions we've got to make in the coming weeks, 
I, I still know that God said that to me that day, that he's got us, that we're not going to be please everybody all the time, and that's not actually our job. But to know that I can be confident in the fact that that particular day, that was unlocked for me. It's like, mm -hmm. and I've, I have fallen back on that many, many times over the years. Sometimes I'm very wobbly. And just to go, okay, God, I still feel like that's what you said to me back then, and I'm still going to believe it today. So that's my little... Wonderful. Very good. And 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 I was always a bit jealous of that because I've never had that. <laughs> but I'll take it as well. Yeah. Um, Hey, was anyway, a, was so a wink. there you go. And <laughs> anyway, so really, what I'd love for us to do now is sort of as we go forward, and, and like I said, we're, your Advent packs are on the way. If you haven't got it already, you'll get it really, really soon. But what's not included in that is what, what I want to talk about now, which is Advent in action. And you know, like, like we see, I, I know for many of us, we can relate to that, that thing that, that Jesus is saying, man, I've seen you, and I know you don't have a lot in the tank. You know, for, for many of us, this has been a really difficult season and for, for lots of different reasons. Um, and to be honest, it's actually not looking like it's going to get much easier anytime soon. Yeah, we're going to go away. But, but I think the reality of, of COVID being in our neighborhoods and with our fam family and friends and, and really going throughout our community is going to be, is going to be our, our reality in the, in the not too distant future, which brings up lots of opportunities to care for people and look after people and, and support one another in ways. And so really, and that comes on top of already feeling quite stressed, quite tired for many of us. And yet in this difficult season, we can walk through the door that the key of the hope of the key of David Jesus is saying that I see you now, let me show you what I can do. And so even in the midst of our tiredness or, or sadness or angstness or whatever it is we're feeling we have an invitation by Jesus from Jesus to be Jesus to the people around us to to be the ones who um who look out for who bless who encourage the and care for the poor for the sick um look out for and encourage the the overlooked of our neighborhood of our society of our world who care for the lonely and for the marginalized. Um, and so, so really, I want to challenge us in this, and we're calling it Advent in Action. And so there's a couple of things that we'd love you to do in these things. First of all, we, what we want you to do is to pray. Great place to start. But to pray as, as family, as whanau, as bubble, as household, um, to pray for who it is, Jesus, that you want us to look out for. Who is it? And and we're talking about specifically a person. This isn't theory. Um, you know, like it's not it's not about it's a, it's about someone in your neighborhood, someone who's near to you, whether it's a workmate or a colleague, um, someone you know from school or kindy or or whatever, someone who lives down the road. Um, and so think about think about pray about who it is. And then once you have that person or those people um, what we'd love you to do is each week of the four weeks of Advent, do something, reach out, do something to encourage them, something that, that speaks of, of that, um, that will brighten their day, that will, that will give them something to smile about, um, something that, that will remind them 
or even speak to them for the first time that they're not alone, that, that someone sees them and, and someone knows them, someone appreciates who they are or what they do or know that they're not alone in the difficulties that they're going through. You know, some of these examples are something about like writing an anonymous note, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but just a card or a note that you slot, slot into their letterbox um, to say what it is that you appreciate about them, what it is that you admire about them, how, how you see them. You know, there's something about how other people see you that, some, that often when you're confronted with it, it's so encouraging and, and we often don't see ourselves in those same lights mm. in, in a really encouraging sort of way. Whether it's um, buying someone petrol vouchers or, or New World or grocery store vouchers or, or buying a gift or doing something like that, maybe picking flowers from your garden or or a plug for Lisa Binden, you know, buying some beautiful flowers from Lisa or doing something for someone, again, that will just brighten their day, doing some baking and, and, and dropping it off to them. I think we, what we we're trying to say here with all of these examples is it's not about the value of the money, it's the value of the thought. Yeah. And... And really Although if someone wants to drop off a McLaren to me, that would be so lovely and I'd greatly appreciate it. you feel really loved by God. <laughs> I would, totally. Um, you just kind of that. But yeah, no. but then I said to Lynn, and yet for some people they may feel like, um, and they may be able to, and they may feel like God is saying to do something extravagant yeah. for someone. And if that's the case, oh my gosh, do it. Um, but if you can't do that, that's totally okay. It doesn't mean you can't participate because yeah. you can write a note on a piece of paper or you can you know pick some flowers you can come and raid our garden and has got amazing roses i don't know no mm. he's yeah, selfish maybe. with those but, um yeah anyway. but the other component is and this is super super important that we'd love you to um embrace is do it in secret there is just something about doing good um that that remains between you and god there is just such a buzz. It'll be a buzz for you and it'll be a, an incredible buzz for someone else. You know, like imagine going to the letterbox or coming home and finding something there and not knowing who it's from. There is really, I, I just would love for us as Maharangi Vineyard to really embrace, um, embrace that the very best of us would be, would be our secret life. The very best of us would be the things that we do that are between us and God. And I know our families will do it, but that can even be a real bonding thing with your family, that you, you're on this covert mission to love someone in secret. And so, so please try your best to, to keep that. And, and really, at the end of the day, too, who doesn't love a good mystery? You know, like it's just that sense of there, there's something really special about it, and I'd love for us to embrace it this year in Advent in action. So, mm -hmm. so every, one person or, a, or do many people if you want to do. You could, might um, want to do someone different every week. Yeah, yeah. And, but but um, it would be about doing it in secret and it's not about what it is that you do because I think Jesus will invite you and he'll invite you. He'll tell you what, what you can do. Um, just think about ways that you can communicate love and encouragement to, to whoever those people are that come to mind and do mm -hmm. it. And if no one comes to mind, just do it to either side of your neighbors. Like really, it's just that simple. You know, again, we have Jesus makes it really clear. Love your neighbor. And if you, if you can't understand who that is or, you know, if there's someone else or whatever, literally just do it for your neighbors. Mm. That's Advent in action. We really hope. 
that you really find Jesus in the midst of, of this season. Like I said before, I really think this Advent year is going to be something incredibly special, where the enemy comes to rob, to steal, to kill and destroy. And there's been so many things that have been robbed from us in this season. I really think God's Spirit is going to come this year in an incredible way and that this is going to be an Advent year that we never forget for mm -hmm. all of the right reasons. So hope you're encouraged. Hope you're excited. Um, look out for your Advent packs. There's uh, lots of goodies in there and, and we'll be using those devotions um, each week as our framework for the Advent messages coming up. See you later, guys. On that, yeah, I'm going to put the Christmas tree up, much to Lennon's delight now. Yes. So, yeah, so next time you see us, we'll have a tree behind us. So have a great day, and we'll catch you next week. See, see you, everyone.